In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you don't need to raise your hand this morning. I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to out yourself uh, for us today. But I wanted to ask, are any of you here today... I'll admit it, there's part of me that is a a people pleaser and maybe a part of all of us. And I I suppose I spend or maybe rather waste too much time worrying and thinking about the the opinions and the thoughts of other people. But the truth is, I I think there's a a part of all of us that, that just wants to know where we stand with the people in our lives. Uh, I think there's a part of each of us, with especially the people we are close to, friends and family, we want to know where we stand with them, right? Are, are they happy with us? Are they mad at us? And, and personally, I would rather just know one way or the other. It's, it's much harder to live in that mushy middle of unknown where you stand with someone else, what they think about you, how they feel towards you, than it is uh, just to know. Uh, and the truth is that uh, for all of its conveniences, for all of uh, the, the wonderful things that it has done for us, uh, I believe that technology has made this much more difficult. And maybe you've found this to be true. That technology, I think, actually makes it much harder to know where you stand with the people in our lives. Uh, for example, uh, maybe you are at work and uh, you're going about your job, you're, you're doing a great job, but, but one day you just happen to make a, an honest mistake, right? Like we all do. You miss a deadline, you... You don't fill out the paperwork correctly. Uh, you don't make the sale. Um, you, you, you just mess up. And, and so you, you're worried, right? What does your boss think of you? Is, is she happy with you? Is she angry at you? And so you write out a long email, right? Uh, admitting what you did, explaining your mistake, promising that you'll change, that you'll do better next time, uh, laying out the steps of, of how you'll improve and, and turn the situation around. You write this long email to your boss and, and, and you type it out, pages and pages, and you click send, and then you sit back and wait. You wait. And when you finally get the response, it's only one word. Okay. And then you're thinking to yourself, okay, right? Was that a happy okay or an angry okay? Was that like an okay, no big deal? Or was that uh, okay, dot, 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 uh, we'll have to talk about this later, right? And you just want to know, where do I stand with my boss after, after I laid everything out there? Where do I stand? How does she feel about me? What does she think about me? Or, or I can give you another example. When uh, my wife and I first started dating, we were back in high school, and uh, cell phones weren't really a, a popular thing. They weren't really around like they are today. Uh, we didn't have them, but we did have computers, and uh, uh, instant messaging, chatting on the computer was just becoming popular, and so my wife and I, we would often spend hours, each in our own respective parents' homes, on the computer, talking, chatting with one another, sending messages back and forth through the computer to each other. Uh, And every once in a while, in my uh, sappy, love-filled teenage mind, I would pour out my heart uh, to my now wife, and I would write her uh, a a chat message that was just pages and pages long, which is never a good idea to start out with, but I would lay it all out there, I would pour out my heart to her, I would click send, I would sit back and wait, uh, and then maybe I'd get two words if I was lucky. You too. You too. Right? I just laid it all out there. What do you mean, you two? And it was probably because she was eating dinner with her family or she had homework or something very important to do. Uh, but I was left scratching my head thinking, where do I stand? Right? I just wanted to know. And for all of its conveniences, the technology made it more difficult. And the truth is, when you want to know where you stand with someone or how they feel about you, you need that face-to-face interaction, don't you? There's just nothing that can replace it. When you can see the smile on their face, their body language, or their arms crossed, nothing can replace that face-to-face. Now, I don't know about you, 
but quite often I long for that face-to-face with God. To see him as he is, to know him, what he values, what's important to him, and to know where I stand with him, to know exactly how does he feel about me, what does he think towards me. I long for that face-to-face. And sometimes it happens after I've poured my heart out to him in some heartfelt prayer, and I've told him how much I love him. I'm filled with love and thanksgiving and praise, and I, I, I lay out this beautiful prayer, and I say my amen, and then I sit back, and, well, all I get is silence. And I think, wow, it would sure be nice to have that face-to-face, right? To hear God tell me that he feels the same way towards me, that I am loved and accepted and forgiven by him. I long for that face-to-face. Other times it happens after I have messed up for the 14th time that day, and it's only 9 a.m., and I I go to God in prayer, admitting and confessing everything that I've done, uh, promising that I'll never do it again. Uh, And then I say my amen, and I sit back, and I wait, and all I get is silence, and and then I'm left wondering, okay, where do I stand with God? Now, how could he forgive me after everything I've done? How, How could he really accept me as his child after everything I just admitted to him? And I long for that face-to-face with God. Well, if you've ever longed for that face-to-face, you are not alone. Uh, Philip, in our gospel reading for today, asks for that face-to-face. Philip is one of the disciples, the apostles. He's a a follower of Jesus. And at this point in our gospel reading in John chapter 14, uh, Jesus has gathered together his disciples for some time now. He's huddled them close and he's begun to teach them. Uh, He's begun to prepare them and pray for them. And he's letting them know in our reading for today that that he's going to leave soon. He knows that's going to worry them, but he wants them to be ready. He tells them that he's going to leave, uh, but that he's going to the Father, and he's going with a a purpose. He's going to prepare a place for them. He's going to leave, but he's preparing for them a mansion, a house unlike any other, a house with many rooms. And then because he doesn't want them to be afraid, he doesn't want them to worry, he promises that he's going to come back one day, that he won't be gone forever, that he's going to return. He's going to take those disciples, Philip included, and bring them to be with him and the Father for all eternity. It's an amazing promise. And and that's when Philip jumps in. And this is what Philip says. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. It's almost as though uh, Philip is saying, Lord... uh, we don't understand exactly what you're talking about. You're, you're leaving and there's a mansion and you're making these uh, beautiful promises, but we can't quite understand it. We can't quite grasp it. It sounds too good to be true. And, and our hearts are troubled when you talk about leaving Jesus and, and we're worried and we're afraid and we're scared of what the future holds. So Lord, we don't want to ask for much. We don't want to trouble you. Uh, we don't need a mansion. Uh, Jesus, just show us the Father and that will be enough. And maybe you've been there too. Maybe, maybe you've prayed the same prayer. Lord, uh, we don't need a lot, right? We don't, we don't need a perfect life. We know that's not going to be the case. We don't need some flashy miracle. We don't even need to win the lottery. But, but, but Jesus, it would sure be nice if we could just see you. If you could just reveal yourself. You know, we, we know that you're not just going to snap your fingers and heal us of all of our problems. But, but if we could just see you, Jesus. Well, this is what Jesus says in response to that, I think, genuinely humble but maybe misguided request. This is how Jesus responds. He says, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. 
So how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? What Jesus is telling Philip is that Philip has seen the Father because he has seen Jesus. And, and if you want to see the Father, if you want to know what God is like, what he values, who he is, and where you stand with him, then look no further than Jesus. Look to me, Jesus is saying to Philip, but I also think to us, look to me. How I, how I healed and had mercy on the blind and the lame and the deaf. That's what kind of God you have. That's how I think about, that's what I think about you. Look to me, Jesus is saying of how I welcomed in all people with open arms, no matter their sin, no matter what society uh, said about them, whether they were rejected or outcast. Look how I welcomed them in to my loving embrace. That's what kind of God you have. That's how I feel about you. Look to me, Jesus is saying, how I took all of your sin upon my shoulders and crucified it there on the cross so that it would be powerless against you. Look to me, how I sacrificed my very own life for people who had denied and betrayed and walked far away from me. Look to me, Jesus says, and trust that all of that was for you. Look to Jesus, and you have seen God. Now, for us uh, Christians, that's an amazing promise, isn't it? That we don't have to go out wondering or searching uh, for who our God is, but, it, but instead uh, we are reminded that as Christians, we look to Jesus to know and see our God. That, that our God is not a hidden or revealed or uncaring God, but a God who has given us that face-to-face in the person of Jesus Christ. That is amazing. It's amazing that, that we don't have to, to play a comparison game, right? Although we often do that. When we want to know where we stand with God, we often compare ourselves. We, we tell ourselves, well, uh, I'm not in jail, and I haven't murdered anyone, and uh, I'm sure... I sure do a lot more uh, at church than the people around me in the pews, so God must love me. He must be happy with me, right? No. Uh, we don't compare when we want to know where we stand with God. We look to Jesus, and, and we also do not look inward. We don't look inside of ourselves and create some sort of list, like, like of all the good things we've done, and stack them up and puff out our chests and think, wow, look at all those things I did, and God must really love me. I must be accepted by him. We don't do that. We also don't look inside and create a list and stack up all the bad things we've done, all of our mistakes and sin and and hang our heads and think to ourselves, oh, how could God possibly love someone as broken and messed up as me? No, no, that's not where we look to see where we stand with God. As Christians, we look to Jesus, to his life, to his cross, to that empty tomb, and that's where we see and know our God, who he is, what he is like, and where we stand with him. We look to Jesus. Now, that's an amazing certainty that we we carry with us by faith uh, every day of our lives. We can be sure of who God is. There's no doubt about it. But as I was thinking about it this week, I also couldn't help but think about all of those people. Uh, You know them. Uh, The people in our community, uh, the people in our own backyards, in our neighborhoods, the people across this country, really across the world, and, and maybe even more so the people in our own families. Who haven't seen Jesus, who don't know him, who don't know how he healed the blind and, and gave uh, hearing to the deaf and, and let the lame walk, who, who don't know that he lived for them a perfect life, that he died on the cross just for them and then rose again from the tomb. What about them? How do they come to see and know God? Uh, well, well, brothers and sisters, that's where you and I come in. Uh, Because this is what Jesus uh, says near the end of our reading for today. 
Jesus says to you and to me, to Philip and to the disciples and to everyone who believes in him, he says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. See, Jesus reminds us that as Christians, we look to Jesus to see and know our God. And when we do his works, others get to see him too. That is, you and I, as we keep our eyes glued on Jesus, fixed to him, our lives will begin to reflect his love. We'll begin to be the salt and the light of the earth. And, and through our loving actions, as we follow his commands, as we show mercy and compassion and forgiveness and grace, just like Jesus did, like, like he did for us, as we begin to live that way to, in the world, others will begin to get a glimpse of the God that we know and worship. We'll get a little foretaste of the goodness and the loving mercy of Jesus. Now, that's not to say that anyone is saved by the things that we do. Uh, praise be to God. Uh, no one else's eternal future is in my hands or your hands. But it is to say that as we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and then as we emulate him and reflect his good works to the people around us, they get that glimpse. The light of Jesus shines into their life. As Christians, we look to Jesus to know and see our God. And when we do his works, when we reflect his love and his light and his life, others get to see him too. What a blessing to be used by God. Uh, a, a number of years ago, I was working at one of my very first jobs. Uh, I was still a teenager, and I was new to the working world. And as a, a new worker out there in the world, uh, I was somewhat uncertain about a lot of things. I was unsure of myself. I doubted myself a lot. Uh, but I, I was working and thinking that I was doing a pretty good job when one day I made one of those honest mistakes. And at this point, uh, some 12, 15 years later, I have no idea what it was, uh, but I was consumed with worry about it. Uh, and mostly I was worried about what my boss now thought of me. You know, was she regretting hiring me? Was she going to fire me? Did she still like me? Did she still think I was a good employee? After the mistake I had made, I was consumed with fear and I was uh, wondering what she thought about me. But instead of uh, confronting her and just talking it through, of course, I hid, right? Uh, as any uh, good teenage employee would. I, I, I did my best to avoid her. Uh, I would try to, to avoid having shifts with her, anything I could do to not be around her, which of course only made things worse and consumed me with more fear and worry. But, but one day, uh, we had our face-to-face. -face. I, I couldn't hide it any longer. And uh, there she was. Uh, she came up to me, and instead of berating me or condemning me or putting me down, she actually invited me. She said, uh, Peter, I have uh, a project that I need to do. Uh, I need to leave uh, uh, work today and, and work on this project, and I need, need you to come help me with it. She had chosen me personally and individually to walk alongside of her and to work on this project together. And it kind of shocked me after what I had done. And uh, We spent the day together, working together, uh, serving together. I remember afterwards, she bought me lunch, uh, which, was, was, which was great. We sh sat down and shared a meal together, and that was wonderful. But it was, it was through that unexpected act of grace as she invited me to walk with her, as she laid that meal before me, that I knew. I knew exactly who she was, the kind of boss that she was. I, I knew where I stood with her, how she felt about me, and what she thought of me. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, in, in an even more amazing act of grace, in an even more unexpected gift of mercy, your God has shown you exactly who he is 
and what he thinks about you. In sending his son, Jesus, God the Father has let you know once and for all who he is, a God of mercy and grace and compassion and forgiveness. He has shown you where you stand with him. You are his forgiven and beloved child. There is no doubt about it. And now today he invites you to walk alongside him, to follow in his footsteps, to do the works that he has laid out before you. Brothers and sisters, if you ever long for that face-to-face with God to know where you stand and what your God thinks about you, look no further than Jesus. Because when you see Jesus, you will see and know your God. What a God he is. In Jesus' name.